It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now, here's your host, Lou Paget. Good evening, everyone, and thank you so much for being with me this evening. Tonight, I am doing what I refer to as sex positive news. In other words, what I did is I went through all kinds of different media and I looked at positive in the news. And even if something was completely, as I would say, completely doodle and seemed like you could not make a positive out of it, I made a positive out of it. Um, And I'll start with something in a slightly light area. And it's a woman who is claiming, she was on the Steve Harvey show, her name is Sarah Cantrella, claiming that she was the world's worst dater. Now, just to, if you want to go online, you can find the segment that Steve Harvey did with her. And if any of you know Steve Harvey, he is really a cut-to-the-chase kind of guy, is about relationships, has had a segment of, you know, like the, the, the worst dating things on his show ever since it launched. So what this woman did, she sent Backstory is she was divorced five years ago, has three children, has become very successful in her area. Now, this is an attractive woman. She loves her kid. She is successful. But here's what happened. Somewhere, somehow, someone did not give this woman training wheels on how to be with adult men. She did every possible thing that got in the way of having men feel that they can make contribution, that they're there, that they're being treated as men. And I'll just, here's, this was so great as a way to showcase and show people, look, if you're not getting the results you want, maybe it's time to look in the mirror. And she said she's had a hundred first dates. Well, given what she did, I'm not surprised. Here's what happened. She meets this guy. She orders for him. She orders a Cosmo for him. She then t- says what food he's going to have. Then in the middle of the meal, at one point, she starts cutting up his food I mean, she's being like the mom. She's not being someone he can relate to. And then she pays for it, and then she arranges the dates. So 
you know, my question, as was Steve Harvey's, where was a man able to make a contribution? He couldn't do anything. He couldn't say, you know, there was no space for him to show up. There was no place for him to come in and say who he was in this. So, I mean, she might as well have just clipped off his testicles and then popped them into her purse. Because in essence, that's exactly what she just did. She completely emasculated these men. And I don't know if she has henceforth discovered that maybe it's time for her to realize, oh, maybe I should talk to some men about how men really prefer to be treated. The the essence of this woman is, you know, she presented well, but she just absolutely steamrolled everybody. And I don't know if she has changed, as I said, but if anyone wants to see what not to do on a date, check out the Sarah Cantrell segment. She was actually featured on AOL as the world's worst dater. And I'm going to hazard a guess here on my part. This is a woman who really, really wants attention. And what's the indicator of that for me? Again, this is what I tell people. Pay attention to people's words, but pay more attention to their behavior. And what she did is she posted on her Facebook page how she was, you know, the world's worst dater and, you know, uh, and then she said, seems like my next thing, something about being on the Oprah show. Well, excuse me, if this is something she's not, do you think she would be posting on Facebook? Do you think she would be saying, next stop, Oprah? Um, this is attention-getting behavior in large part for me. And I don't think Sarah really wants to have a relationship. I think Sarah wants to be right. And that's okay. Because she can be right and she can be all by herself, correct? Because none of us will, <laughs> none of us will be introducing our male friends to her. If anyone has, you know, a, a question or want to call in or discuss anything that I'm talking about this evening, the call-in number is eight seven seven. This is the toll-free number. Eight seven seven eight six four forty eight sixty nine. Again, repeating the TogiNet toll-free number. 877-864-4869, and Sabrina is ready to put through any calls should anyone call in while we're doing this live. And I'll tell you, you know, when I looked at Sarah, there was part of her that I went, you know, this is a woman who would like to have someone in her life, but she, and, and when I did my fourth book, The Great Lover Playbook, I talked about this, that you have to a play can come in where they feel they can contribution and every part of her life seems to be completely tied up and honestly I don't know why she wants someone in her life she didn't really say why she just and I never heard why the initial marriage had ended but pay attention to the behavior if you're not getting the results you want a girlfriend of mine actually told me that <clears throat> she picked up a book when she was looking, and this is this woman is phenomenally accomplished. Jessica has the whole thing. She's got the package. She works out. She looks great. She's got, and just one of the sweetest and nicest people you could imagine. But she could never find someone who she had all kinds of dates on Match and on J-Day, 
finally she did a book called Calling in the One. And she did some of the exercises in it. And she also got really, really clear that the one thing she wanted, <clears throat> excuse me, when she was in a relationship, she, she knew how she wanted to feel when she was around this person and when she was away from this person. And she said, when I got really clear that that is exactly what I was looking for, this was in October, November, she read Calling in the One, and she said, you know, then we went through Thanksgiving and then the holidays. And she met Brad in March, and they literally last weekend just celebrated their one-year anniversary. And I honestly, I've known Jess hmm, 15 years, and... I can honestly say I don't believe I've ever seen her happier. And again, she worked on herself, she did her work, and then she got really clear about what was going to be, you know, the thing that would work in her world. So first time thing was the kind of the fun thing about the, you know, the world's worst dater. Now the next segment I'd like to talk about is this duck dynasty. The father who was interviewed in, I believe it was GQ magazine, his comments in GQ, and saying that he feels, what was the comment, uh, how a man's anus could be more desirable than a vagina, and he likened gay relations to a sin comparable to bestiality. And paraphrased number one Corinthians, saying, which lists those who will not inherit the kingdom of God. And it was his son, Willie, who was defending his father, Phil. And Willie's comment was, I believe what the Bible says. And so being the, okay, let's follow things exactly according to the Bible, I consulted my biblical scholar on, because I remember this person telling me there isn't just one Bible. So I emailed, and this gentleman is a colleague of mine, and he is a doctorate of divinity. He has a PhD in the area of sexuality, and his name is the Reverend Dr. William Staten. He is a American Baptist clergy, and Bill and I have been on a number of different panels we speak once a year for the severely injured soldiers because the military world <clears throat> and the military culture for many has a very, very strong faith-based population. And that's something that when we're talking about sexuality, we can't separate the two of them. They sort of walk hand in hand. And we're going to be coming up to uh, my first break here in approximately one minute. So I'll, I'll wait and to, to give you the, the goodies of the comments of what uh, Dr. Staten uh, shared with me, the Reverend Staten shared with me. But the real thing about using one thing to say that's the only way that you can look at something, I, I think on occasion we need to flip on a couple more switches and really look at what it is you want. Is it because you're scared someone is going to call things into question? Is it because you want to be, say, I only can believe in one thing? Faith is one thing, but making sure that you have accuracy 
of what you are talking about is crucially important. And for many, and this, and I'll tie this in after we, we're coming back in 30 seconds. Pardon me, we're leaving in 30 seconds, and then we'll be back. And then I'll also talk about what just happened in Michigan. And both of them, I think, can be tied to one main demographic attitude. And after when we come back from the break, I'll cover what Reverend Staten said, and then we'll talk about Michigan not recognizing same-sex marriages. I'm Lou Padgett. We'll be back after this break. Thanks for being with me. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Padgett. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. I am not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on TogiNet. This is your chance, ladies, to hear stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there. Someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of this trauma, she has gone on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm Free is a straight-up show to enlighten you and to lighten your load. Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on Toginet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be, I'm Free, with Minister Diane Jones, Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet.com. Are you happy with your life? Satisfied with the direction you're taking? More importantly, are you content with the results you're seeing? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join host Brian K. Wright as he talks to experts in many areas relating to life success, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. Each week is a dose of inspiration. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. Success Profiles Radio is a show that will clearly demonstrate the principle, if I can do it, you can do it. So don't miss this opportunity to take control of your life and your results. Success Profiles Radio with Brian K. Wright, Mondays at 5 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question, be it function, sensation, or something you've heard. This is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. And thank you for being with me this evening on, this is my, sometimes I do it once a month, sometimes every six weeks, sex positive news. So in other words, I went through and I looked at what was the news about sexuality that today, and I went through all kinds of different sites, whether it's CNN, 
HuffPost, uh, Gawker, Radar Online, Daily News uh, in the UK. And I looked at all kinds of articles to see and then tease them out because I know sometimes when we get these, when we look at these things, we only have that one perspective. And I'm here to let you know there's more than one perspective. And there's also sometimes more information that has been sadly left out. So if anyone has any questions or would like to make any comments, the toll-free number to call in is 877-864-4869. Again, 877-864-4869. And just before the break, I was talking about the Duck Dynasty that the Willie Robertson, whose father, Phil, was, you know, he was defending his father's uh, anti-gay views. And this happened to be a HuffingtonPost.com Today um, article. So as I said, I went and I got my expert in the area of my biblical and uh, theological expert, and that's the Reverend Dr. William Staten. And actually, Dr. Staten is the one who, for one of the only accredited so that once you get your PhD in the area of sexuality, where you can then do research and get um, and be paid as a PhD on a college level is the, is the program that he founded at Widener University in Pennsylvania. So he's a scholar, he's an American Baptist clergy, and he also has his PhD in area sexuality. The reason he did is that he had a tremendous background in the area of his religion and of his faith-based studies, but what he didn't have was he wasn't equipped to be answering the questions that many of the people in his first ministry came to him and were asking about relationships and sexuality. So he said, I didn't even know these things. And so he went and did a PhD in that area so he could better serve his and, and you know, better serve his ministry. So when I emailed him and I said, Bill, tell me, I'm going to be doing a show and I need to know how many different versions of the Bible there are. And the reason I wanted to know how many different versions of the Bible there are, this was Willie Robertson and his wife's comment that they follow the Bible, and that they, and I, what is his, oh, Corey is his wife's name. And they both agreed the Bible is literal. Okay, so if the Bible is literal, this is what I asked Bill. How many different versions of the Bible are there? This is his response. As a biblical scholar, uh, he said, during the 19th, 18th and 19th century, there were nine Bible translations in English. In the 20th century, there were 153 translations already in the 21st century. So the 20th century means in the 1900s. In the 21st century, as of 2000, I know of at least four more translations. Here's the operative point that I want people to pay attention to. All are quite different and translate many words very differently, giving a very different meaning to passages of Scripture. So, my question to Willie and Corey and Phil is, which Bible are you reading? Which one is the only one that says you only have to listen to what I'm saying? I would ask you to expand your awareness of what a Bible is, okay? Instead of just saying, 
we are only, you know, this is just my way or the highway. And let me also back up and say, here we have a gentleman, the father, Phil, who's likely, hazard a guess, over 40, okay? And we also, I'm going to go here, my next topic area is going to be the Michigan State won't recognize same-sex marriage. And here's what, I, I was having a conversation with the president of the University of uh, Minnesota and President Kaler and the woman who heads up the main fund area for uh, Becky Malkerson. And we were talking about, it was, that was just last Friday, that if someone is under 40, being gay or being bi or being trans or being gender querying or gender fluid or whatever is no big deal. But if someone is over 40, then there is the resistance and, oh, no, we can't, and it's not okay. There's much greater resistance. So when I looked at the university, pardon me, the state of Michigan and what, you know, saying that it won't recognize the same-sex marriages, there actually were 300 same-sex marriages that were performed over the weekend. And then, and it was uh, U.S. District Judge Bernard Friedman struck down the gay marriage ban on Friday. Then what happened is the licenses were granted on Saturday, and then the governor, Rick Snyder, came in and said that there was a court stay, and because of that, gay marriage ban had been restored. Now, let me remind people of something. In 2004, in the state of Michigan, 59% of voters approved gay marriage. And how, let's just do, okay, this is higher math time, kitties. 2014 to 2004. Hmm. That would be 10 years slash a decade. What happened to these people? Are they in a freaking time warp? Do they not listen? And then there's one individual who's quoted in this. And again, this is a huffing, uh, this is a New York Daily News uh, uh, article. And the Another Republican, Attorney General Bill Shute, I think that's how you say his name, has aggressively defended the gay marriage ban, which was approved by 59% of voters in 2004. He said it's his job to oppose challenges to the state constitution. Huh? (laughs) What? So anyways, we have, this is likely going to change. And as one person said afterwards, Ingram County Clerk Barb Byram said, who officiated at the first Michigan same-sex marriage, said, shoot needs to drop the appeal. They're fighting a losing battle, she said, of the attorney, of the, of the governor and the attorney general. And I'm reminded of when my older sister and her partner wanted to get married. And she happens to live in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, not exactly a bastion of open liberal thinking. Trust me, I grew up there. And when she went in after they had been after it had been approved and made legal, Sherry walked in to get the license, and there was a woman 
in the um, you know in the licensing office, and this woman almost vaulted over the counter and said, "I want I want it to be the one to write the first license." And Sherry was kind of like, "Okay," but it was so important for this other woman. And Sherry said she was like shocked at how inclusive people were. And you know this was years ago, but. At this point, we have, I'm on the leadership council for the program in human sexuality, the uh, first endowed chair in human sexuality, actually, in the U.S. and worldwide at the University of Minnesota. And I'm vice chair at this point. Our chair is Dr. Chip Martin. And he and his partner, Bill, have been very, very active in helping to get gay marriage equality passed in the state of Minnesota. And really, you know, let's be honest here. This is an action of giving someone rights of a partnership, rights of a contractual relationship. But really, what it boils down to is love. These are people who love is what they wish to have be acknowledged. And when you want to create something, they want to create family. They want to create something that is solid and stable in their community. And this thing of saying that everything has to be only male and female and 1.5 or 2 point whatever children... Let me tell you, according to, and this was not the most recent U.S. census, this was the one before, Postle Cues, and that is Persons of the Opposite Sex Living Together. Isn't that a great little acronym? There were more people who were of adult, unmarried adults sharing households. Those were the majority of households in the U.S., not married with children. So I think it is time that people started to look at who are who is our future of relationships and who is our future of what love and taking care of love is. It isn't only straight. It isn't only male-female. And it hasn't been that for a long time. And I agree with the woman who made the comment, they're, they're, they're fighting a losing battle. This is something that when people are coming forward now, they're saying, look, people should be allowed to be with who they want and love who they want. Now, when I come back, after coming up to my halftime break, when I come back, I'm going to go over an article that was in the New York Times magazine last week, and it was entitled, The Scientific Quest to Prove Bisexuality Exists. That was the March 20th New York Times Magazine. I am Lou Paget, and I will be back after this break, and we'll be talking about bisexuality in the sex-positive news segment. Thanks so much. Be with you in about a minute and a half.
This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. What does success mean to you? Money? Power? Fame? Having everything money can buy? Does it mean having a job or career that you love? A great family life? Or simply to be happy? If you're still searching for answers, then join us each Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern for Primetime Success Radio, where Alan Skidmore and his special guests will discuss health, finances, relationships, being in business, and how you can have a life that is not only successful, but a life of meaning. Alan has been studying success principles for over 25 years through reading, attending seminars, interviewing successful people, and a daily lesson from the School of Hard Knocks. And now he wants to share that information with you. So join Alan Skidmore on Primetime Success Radio every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Rockstar Radio Network, as he takes you on a journey of finding the heart of your success. place and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velocity's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Velocity is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures. To her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons, her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine, and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health, so you can finally ask that question, be it function, sensation, or something you've heard. This is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. And as I said before the break, what I would like to discuss at this point is the New York Times Magazine from last weekend, March 20th, 2014. And the title of the article is The Scientific Quest to prove bisexuality exists. Now, when I, I read this, when I saw that this was there, I thought, oh, thank goodness that this is finally coming up. Now, the reason I am 
you know, I am thrilled to see that this is finally being something that gets a big exposure because there are so many myths and so many assumptions and presumptions that someone who is bisexual is going to be a particular way, particularly men who are bisexual. And I'll give you a little background on what my awareness of bisexuality is. And for anyone who might be listening live who would like to call in, the 800 number is 877-864-4869. Again, 877-864-4869. And when I was first doing some work in the area of finding out about bisexuality, I was lucky enough to be introduced to a gentleman by the name of Tom Reese, and that's R-E-I-S-E. And Tom had been the partner of a gentleman by the name of Dr. Fritz Klein, and that's K-L-E-I-N. And Fritz was a uh, PhD, and he was also an, an expert and researcher in the area of bisexuality. And he created uh, the uh, a book, the he created what is known as the by the Fritz, the, the Klein Grid, talking about uh, bisexuality. And his book is entitled Bisexual Option. And what I learned from Tom, who, you know, has obviously knew of Fritz's work, Fritz died, I believe it was 2005, 2006. And in his estate, what he did is he funded it, Fritz was very wealthy, for to create what is known as the American Institute of Bisexuality. And in getting my education straight from a scholarly source, from an area that had research that had been backed by money, I mean, I believe it's, you know, in multi, multi-million dollar um, funding. Because what happens, and this is something that Dr. Lisa Diamond talked about actually in this article, is that for the majority of people, when you're trying to do any research in the area, unless it is something that is relating to disease, and here's, here's what Dr. Lisa Diamond is. She's a professor of psychology at the University of Utah, and she also receives American Institute of Bisexuality support. She said, it's difficult to get funding to study sexual orientation for its own sake unless you're linking it to a medical or physical health issues like HIV or suicidality. Imagine that that's the only way that you can get funding. If that goes back to the noise and nonsense that we are still looking at sexuality as something that has to have a disease component to it or has to have a shame component to it or has to have a not okayness component to it. And people, how can I, 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 what rooftop do I have to get up on and say, we're all born of this, it's where we come from, it's not cast in stone, it's not like cement, our sexuality is something that is fluid, that is something that is variable throughout our life, particularly for women. And it is time that we treated where we come from and one of our most powerful forms of self-expression with the respect that it needs to 
and to be able to get the science to back it up. So when I read Dr. Diamond talk about that, I was like, oh, hallelujah. And I have to tell you, if you ever have a chance to listen to any of her presentations, she is just a riot. And she will, she will end up telling you things that you'll go like this. How did she get away with saying that? But the long and the short of the American Institute of Bisexuality, their definition of when you are bisexual, it is not that there was a certain action. There was not that, you know, so in other words, it wasn't that if you were male that you had sex with a man in college as this one person said, his comment to me was, you mean that one dick that I sucked in college, that really doesn't count? <laughs> no, it doesn't count. What really counts is how you identify. So it's not an action. It's not a fantasy. So let's say you might have had a dream and you went, oh, no, I must think I'm, I must be gay. No. And, or it must be something else. And then the other is you are the person who knows whether or not you are attracted physically and sexually to both sexes. Women have a lot more permission in this area than men do. And just to let you know, this is a very long article. It's very involved. And what it does is it truly speaks to men saying that, you know, if they were in a relationship at the time with a man, they would often just say, you know, and say, yes, I'm gay, rather than saying that they're bisexual, because then people would say, oh, you're not being truly honest with who you are in the relationship. You, uh, you know, obviously you're saying you're bisexual, so you can, you know, hit everything. You know, everything is, a, you know, an open target for you. And the same thing will often happen for women. They will often say, I will, you know, I'll say I'm, I'm, I'm hetero, if I'm with a man, but I'm also attracted to women. And I've worked with, I've had um, clients who have come and said, I, I know that, you know, I've been with men, and, but right now I am with a woman, and I, I, I want to make sure that she knows that this is who I'm with right now, and it's not, I'm not going to all of a sudden, like all of a sudden twist off and go after a man. The important thing about knowing about bisexuality that I'd like people to please hear, it does exist. It's difficult for people to talk about it, particularly for men. We do have much more high-profile women who will talk about it. Who, I mean, Amber Heard, who is now engaged to Johnny Depp, Drew Barrymore, now you know married with two children, or pregnant now, and you know already has one. Baby, Anna Paquin, who just had twins. Megan Fox, pregnant with her second child. But they also are acknowledging uh, the attraction to women. And uh, a woman that I know and worked with for a number of things, she was married. She was, you know, in college, she said, I had always, and she was the first person who I'd ever heard use the term by curious. And so this would have been about 15 years ago. And I said, what's that? And she said, I, you know, at the time I was with men, but I was always very curious about being with women. 
And now she is with a woman. They have been together 16 years and have two children. And this is, but she is aware that that is a component part of her. Now, when people, there's certain questions one should not ask someone who identifies as being bisexual. And one of them, and actually the the individual who wrote this piece, and I trust I'm not going to totally massacre their their name, Benoit Benizet Lewis, and that's B-E-N-O-I-T, Benoit Benizet, D-E-N-I-Z-E-T dash Lewis. And at the very end, after having spent time with people from the American Institute of Bisexuality, their uh, board meetings, going to different groups. He said, here I did. I did the thing. You know, though I spent enough time talking to bisexual people to know that there's one question that annoys them above all others, I couldn't help myself. After a glass or two of wine, I heard myself asking Scylla, who is a gentleman who was part of the American Institute of Bisexuality, if he was more attracted to men or women. I had assumed that the answer would be men, because he'd been with his partner, Shemansky, for 17 years, and they're monogamous, according to what Shemansky wrote in the Bisexual's Guide to the Universe. And Scylla smiled patiently and told me that in a purely physical sense, he was probably more interested in women. But my attraction to a person doesn't have much to do with their body parts. And isn't that a great comment? And I'm reminded of something that I was doing an interview earlier today for another group, and they were, I was looking at something, uh, a comment about Masters and Johnson, and, you know, it's not just body parts and friction, okay? Really what we're talking about is these are the heart that's speaking, the brain's involved, of course, but the heart is the thing that when you're making your choice, it is, and here's what I tell people, if when you are already being intimate with someone, and you wake up in the middle of the night and you roll over and you look at that person and it makes your heart smile, chances are you're in the right place. If it only works that that person is right for you when you're vertical during the day and your brain takes over, it may be time for you to do a review of why you're in the relationship. We're coming up to my final break. The article I was talking about is a scientific quest to prove bisexuality exists. Fritz Klein and The Grid, American Institute of Bisexuality, and I'll be back after this break and finish with a whole host of other sex-positive news. Please stay with me. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. 
Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's paying it forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question, be it function, sensation, or something you've heard. This is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. Before the break, I had spoken about an article in New York, Mag- New York Times magazine last week in the scientific quest to prove bisexuality exists. And the two individuals who I was talking about at the end were um, John Silla, and that's S-Y-L-L-A, and his partner, Mike Shemansky, S-Z-Y-M-A-N-S-K-I. And what I'm doing tonight, and I've said this, is that I want to talk about the positive things about sexuality in the news that I've seen today, I just covered today, but over the last little while, because there's times, I think, in many areas of information, I think we need to have that little caveat emptor, the buyer beware. And that's what I'm trying to do here tonight, is to give you some information so that, for example, when Duck Dynasty says the Bible is literal, when Willie says, I'm, I'm following the Bible literally, I will then have to ask, well, which of those 170-plus different types of Bibles, 153, 157 translations of the Bible, are you being literal about? And again, that's the information that came to me from my source when it comes to anything of a faith-based nature, the Reverend Dr. William Staten. So I want people to be able to know that they can, they're smarter than they think they are, okay? You're actually smarter than you think you are. And when you're listening to something and your gut, when you feel it, when you're thinking about something and you feel it from your neck up, that's your brain acting. And maybe your brain's not always your best friend. When you're listening to something and you hear it and it either resonates in your heart or in your gut, that's the little voice and the little voice can't lie. Trust me, it cannot lie. Remember just before the break, I said, when you wake up in the middle of the night, and if you roll over and you look at that person and it makes your heart smile, chances are you're in the right place. 
similar, that's a similar type of thing that I'm talking about. So another thing that I saw in today's news was, and I thought this was actually quite cute, that it talked about um, Lady Gaga saying that she was submissive to her boyfriend, Taylor Kinney, when she's at home. Now, I, you know, people may think, you know, what does she mean by submissive? And apparently this was, it was a serious S, uh, serious XM's, the morning mashup, which she said, and this was this past Monday. And what she talked about is that when she is at home, she's kicks off her shoes and she gets to be a different person than just this person who's running everything on the stage. And she said, well, yes, I am. And and who knows exactly how the question was posed, okay? Well, she says, yes, actually, he's totally in charge. I mean, when I'm at home, I am like, shoes are off. I'm making him dinner. He has a job, too, and he's really busy. She says, I'm in charge all day long. The last thing I want to do is to tell him what to do. It's not good for relationships to tell men what to do. Now, I think you may all know that her background is Italian. And if we look at what did I start out the show with, Sarah Cantrella, who literally did not give a man a space to be a man. And what I would like people to pay attention to and not just so much that it's Lady, Lady Gaga, but that you do have the ability to create a range of different ways of relating to people and to your world. I remember a woman, I was doing a presentation for very high-powered uh, women executives, and this woman happened at the time to head up a massive Blue Cross insurance segment of the country. She had two young children, was married, and what worked for her, and the thing was, they made the decision, they didn't want to have somebody else raising their children, and what she did was she said, you know, I I want to make sure that, yeah, I'm the one who's the main, you know, money, <clears throat> you know, provider, but we both know that we want to have our own boundaries and territories. And she said, so literally, when I walk in the door at night, she said, I may have, however many it was, 30,000 employees or whatever. But she said, when I go home at night, my husband is in charge of everything in that household. I am not allowed to try and say that I'm running this and I know better. Uh Uh-uh. And what that did is create for the two of them very healthy boundaries and places where they knew that, and look, if she, you know, if he wanted help or needed something put in, you know, I need you to lend a hand over here, of course. But what often had happened for women is that they were running things at the office, then they were coming home to two more jobs, having to run everything with the kids in the household, and then having to do stuff with a job, with, with their husband. So they really had three different things. And that is exhausting. So I love that she says, I just turn it off when I'm at home and do the things that are appealing for her. Now, may not be for everybody, but I like that she said, 
this is how I like to be. Look, women can typically take care of themselves. Sarah Cantrella told us that. She can take care of the money, take care of all of this, but what she didn't do was give us space. And when I, and remember I talked about at the beginning, I want to talk about sex positive things in the news and, and relationships. I didn't want to focus on marriages that had come apart. Lord knows the only two people who are truly in that relationship know what's going on. You and I have not been there. You and I are not privy to the conversations. And particularly if you have a marriage that has travel and profile and celebrity, there's even more strain put on the two of you together. So I don't want to talk about those things. I wish those people the best. And I hope that they go through things in a way that gives and allows them their dignity on something. So I like that Lady Gaga said, you know what? I have a different way that I approach things when I go home. Here's one of my last two. One of them is a thing for anyone who's interested. It's a new porn studies, and it's a new journal that has just come out. And it's Taylor and Francis Online, Porn Studies, an introduction. And from what I understand, it is at this point free online if you'd like to go look at it. And really what it's done is it's, it's typically it's, it's an academic journal looking at the impact of porn. And not because let's be honest, I mean, they've had erotica, what do you call it, porn erotica, they've had them carved onto the walls of caves. So this is not a new art form. It is not a new way of conveying information. But I haven't been able to go through it at length, but I will. And then I will have another comment on it, probably put something on my Facebook page about it, which, by the way, is Lou Paget, um fan page, or just find Lou Paget and there I am. The final thing I'd like to talk about tonight is, and this was on AOL.com, and it was a woman who said, and it was a HuffPost, uh, um, the chat, HuffPost chat, and it was about a woman who had lost 165 pounds, and she lost her husband, she lost her friends, she lost all kinds of things. And really what she said happened is her identity as a, she had lap band surgery, she had gastric bypass, uh, I, did, I don't know if it was a lap band or, or a bypass, excuse me, she had gastric surgery, that's how she put it, her name is Dawn Brooks, and again it was Half Post Live, And she said in her friendships and everything, she had identified herself as a fat person. And when we talk about body image and we talk about who we feel we are in relationships, what I liked about this article is she was honest in saying that when she was one way, she she did, you know, she was part of the size acceptance movement. She made sure that she had... You know, she, her activism was there, but she said when she got thin and she lost 165 pounds, she said, when I was 400 pounds, my husband was, he was, he loves, loves, loves fat women. And she said, when I lost 165 pounds, I was no longer physically attractive for him. I didn't, it didn't work for him. She said, I still love him. She said, we're still really good friends, but you know, we, we, had to move on. So she said her activism when she lost the weight went from size acceptance movement to that there is 
you have to accept that there's a change in a mind shift. And for some people, they gain the weight again to get back to where their mind is. And she said, that wasn't what she, she said, that is not at all what she wanted to do. She wants to maintain this. And what I liked about this is that she was very honest of the huge change that every person in her life changed and shifted because of her identification. And if you want to identify with someone who's sex positive or sex friendly or enjoys things, then that's your mindset. And I might make a strong suggestion that you make a point of focusing on that. I want to thank you all for being with me today. As I said, this is my sex positive news segment and started with the world's worst dater, then went to the, um, um, covered the bisexuality, the article of the New York Times. Then I had discussions on the Duck Dynasty and the Bible, that it isn't necessarily as literal as one might think. The change of Michigan State not recognizing same-sex marriages, but it likely is going to be doing so very soon, and porn studies. For any of you who have questions that I might be able to address, I can do Skype sessions for you. All you have to do is send a request to office at loupaget.com, and those can be set up very easily. And I want to thank you for being with me. And I'd like you, when you're looking at the news from now on, to look at things as a sex-positive way and how you might be able to twist it and give it to people and say, hey, did you think of it this way? Thank you for being with me. I am Lou Paget, and this has been Lou Talks About Sex in the News. Thanks so much. Sex Talk with Lou saying goodbye for this week. Bye now. Thank you for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget.